Welcome to Wine Country Women with Michelle Mandreau, the podcast for wine enthusiasts who are curious not only about what goes in the bottle, but the remarkable women who make these distinctive winemaking regions so special. Each week, Michelle introduces you to a prominent woman and takes a peek inside her life. Welcome to today's Wine Country Women podcast. I'm Michelle Mandreau, and I am with the most lovely Kate McMurray, who is the spokesperson for McMurray Estate Vineyards. She is also featured in Wine Country Women of Sonoma County. Kate, so fun to be with you today. Hi, Michelle. It's so nice to see you this morning. It's a beautiful day, isn't it? It is, and we're here at the McMurray Ranch, and it is a fabulous day, and I haven't seen you for a few months, so this is going to be a real treat. It is fun. It is fun. So let's dive right in. All right. Okay, so I have to know, what was your first full-time job? My first full-time job that mattered um, was I was a staff model at Bullock's Westwood in wow. uh, Los Angeles, and I loved that job. It was so much fun, and I worked with a lot of great people, and uh, the clothes were fun, and it it got me into the world that I wanted to be in. I loved fashion, and uh, my dad... Uh, used to tell me about all the the leading ladies that he worked with and how beautiful they were gowned, as my mother, too, who was an actress, and the costumes and so forth. So I always found that very fascinating. Well, you're nice and tall and and thin and beautiful, <laughs> so you were perfect. It was, it was exhilarating, you know, because I was going to school, too, and to have that on the side was a lot of fun. Yeah. Fast forward. Yes. Now you work in the wine industry. I do. I do. And let's talk about your your job. Here. My job. Yeah. Well, it's it's a wonderful job because it's evolved and it's opened up a lot of different areas of interest for me and I'm back here at the ranch where I grew up and uh, we're producing these beautiful world-class pinots and pinot gris from our old cattle ranch. So the thing that I love is if you were to hold up a mirror to the ranch, what would be reflected back is a lot of the history in Northern California. Uh, it was hops and plums and um, diversified farming, cattle, and now vineyards. So it all happened out here at the ranch. And I love history. And this ranch is historical in, in so many ways. Did you ever dream that you would be working in the wine industry? No, never, <laughs> never, never. If I'd written a letter to God, I couldn't have come up with this. And it's been a wonderful life, and it's been an exciting life, and I've met so many great people. And I have to thank, naturally, the Gallo family who hired me, but also because of their interest in my family history, they have preserved beautifully every detail of the home that I grew up in and also I've been able to travel across the United States and I'm I wasn't a big traveler and I've seen so many wonderful cities and worked with great people and it's it has been and continues to be an eye-opener we live in such a beautiful country a wonderful country and I have been able to visit almost every state in the United States well, and you're representing a spectacular product. I think so. <laughs> <laughs> so 
I don't know the answer to this question. So did your father make wine no. at any point? No, no. he didn't. He Never. loved drinking wine. Okay. He did. And being a Scotsman, he loved naturally scotch. Right. And my mother really was the, the wine drinker in the family. Okay. She liked white wine. And we always had red wine when we were having pasta or meat. We have, you know, raised on a cattle ranch, we had a lot of beef on the table, which... Um, made for some fabulous recipes and great wine accompaniment. Sure. So it was really the gallows that, when they acquired the property, mm-hmm. decided to make it a winery? Yes, planted okay. the first vineyard here. We don't have a winery here, and we're not open to the public, but we um, are growing incredible grapes, and of the 1,500 acres, only about 425 are to vine, so all the rest of the ranch is in its natural habitat, which you can see where we're sitting. We're sitting out on the barbecue porch, and it's open air, so we can see the hills and the trees, and because it's spring, our tulip magnolia is scattering its petals all over the green lawn, and it's very um, lush right now. Yeah, very picturesque, yeah, very, for sure. Yeah. And I imagine that there are several events that are held here. Yes, we've hosted for many, many years, over 12 years, the Taste of Sonoma out here. Now we're hosting a, a big barrel auction May 1st, and we host some charitable events out here. But by and large, it's um, we use the ranch mainly for our customers and our sales and our distributors and for entertaining and education. By your own admission, one of the things that you've enjoyed most about this role is the travel. Yes. And of course, you've got a great product that you're yeah. representing. Mm-hmm. What are some things that you've al- learned along the way since this was something new for you? Having grown up in the film industry and working around a lot of different aspects of the film industry, it's a very collaborative art form. And I found this industry to be incredibly collaborative because nothing can exist without another um, addition. Uh, We need our vineyard workers. We need our vineyard managers, we need our winemakers, we need the folks that are on the bottling line, our distributors, our sales, and it is probably, next to film, one of the most, I think, artistic collaborations. Making wine is very artistic. I mean, it is farming. There are fundamental aspects of it about the earth and Mother Nature, and you can't get away from that, but there is artistry involved in it and nuances, and I found that to be true in filmmaking. So they, they're very, um, to me, kind of kissing cousins. <laughs> <laughs> Top moments of your career so far? Highlights, you yes. mean? Well, I, I have to say, since we are talking about wine, for me, traveling across the country, I ran into a lot of people that had at one time or another purchased cattle from my dad, and now they were buying the wine, <laughs> oh <my laughs> which God. I thought was such a great segue. Right. And, and then, of course, I ran into um, people that so admired my father and had such lovely things to say about him, more from a fan perspective than um, having worked with him personally. And it really touched my heart. And I'm not sure my dad realized how many people loved him. So I I adored him, and I continue to love his memory, and his memory is very close to my heart. But to go out into the world and hear how his... Um, performances and his persona and 
all the golf tournaments that he played in and met people along the way, how he touched people, I think unknowingly in a lot of ways. So that that has been a lovely part of the job too. So we should probably tell our listeners I who guess your we father is, <laughs> the mystery man. Right. I know him yeah. most for my three sons, yeah. but, but please well, elaborate. Yes, my dad was Fred McMurray and my mother was June Haver, who was a wonderful actress too in her own right, but retired when she married my dad back in 1954. But dad made over 100 pictures and I think this younger generation would have to find him on the TCM channel or a film festival somewhere or whatever channel that shows my three sons and and you know a lot of he did disney films when walt was alive but he had a really incandescent career and the thing that i found so interesting about him was that he was successful in all media he started out as a saxophone player so he was in a band and he did theater skits and then of course film and radio. They had radio shows back then, kind of what we're doing now, podcast. Right. It's, it's sort of a kind of a step up from a radio show and uh, very unique in its own way. But to then jump from film and have an incredible career in television, I mean, he did it all and happily, <laughs> all of it. And successfully. Yes, yeah. that too. That <laughs> For too. sure. I can only imagine how it must warm your heart when people come up to you and just have such nice things to say they about do. your father. They do. Still to this day. Yes, to this day still. And the older I get, the more I appreciate all of those things. When you're a young child or a young person growing up, it's just your father and your family and you're doing what you do as a family. But the turning point for me really, and I thank God both my parents were alive when I was in film school. So I saw their films not on television and edited for television, but on the big screen where you were meant to see it in a theater with an audience. And I remember the first time I saw Double Indemnity at USC, which is where I received my master's in film studies, I went home and I said to my dad, who was reading the paper, I said, Dad, I always knew you were a great actor, but now I really know <laughs> what a great actor you are. And he was, he laughed. He said, well, I'm happy to hear you say that. <laughs> I'm glad you, I got your approval. Yes, right. yes, right. <laughs> You're here at McMurray Estate Vineyards. What does the future hold for you? Well, of course, you know, you'd love to continue on and do all these um wonderful endeavors in the wine industry, and I hope it continues for, for many years to come. But I have other interests, too. I'm, I'm writing. I'm hoping someday to get some things published and to fill out my creative life a little bit. And But when you sit out here, and we can hear the quail, actually, yes. in the background. <laughs> I don't know if it's coming through or not, and the doves are out right now, too. You just can't imagine ever leaving this place, ever. Absolutely. Yeah. Why would you leave? Yeah, yeah. Oh, oh listen to them. Yeah. They're right out on the lawn, everybody. We can see them from where we're sitting. Yes, and, and they're they huge and hurt. fat. <laughs> I always like their little top knots. They're darling, they're aren't they? Well, they're background music to our yeah, podcast. for sure. Yeah. What are you writing? Well, I'm working on a collection of short stories, the never-ending <laughs> short story collection. But it's about... Um, their, their characters are all in search of home in some way, all different kinds of home. There are psychological homes, there are spiritual homes, 
there there's the home you're always looking for but haven't found but it's placed in the milieu of um hollywood uh, a made-up hollywood naturally but one that i'm very familiar with so yeah interesting yeah and so do we have a projected release date? Well, I'm hoping to get a couple of them published first as, as standalone short mm-hmm. stories, and then hopefully that will, someone might become interested and want to publish it as a collection. Sure. So hopefully everything I own is crossed. We'll see how <laughs> it goes. But the it's so much fun just to write. I love I think it's the therapeutic. Process. I yeah. think so too in a lot of ways. I think so. Everybody has something though. Painting, woodworking, carpentry. I need something. Yeah. An outlet. We've got to find you something. You work too hard. (laughs) Maybe. Yeah. Okay. So how many wines does McMurray Estate? Well, we have. Let's get back to wine. Yes, absolutely. (laughs) Well, we produce our, I love our glorious Pinot Gris. And in fact, if you turn around, Michelle, you can see this vineyard right out here. That's our Pinot Gris vineyard. And that was the first vineyard we planted out here at McMurray. Uh, back in 1996, and then all the Pinot Noir followed. So we're known for our Pinot Gris and our Pinot Noir. So Russian River, predominantly, I, yeah. And I love a Russian River Pinot Noir. I do, too. Noir, and the sure. river, the Russian River goes right through the ranch. We're touched by the river, and we touch the river. So dare I ask what your favorite wine is in the portfolio? Well, I you know, when we first launched the brand many, many years ago, I've been with the winery 20 years now, We had I had one bottle of Pinot Gris in one hand and a bottle of Russian River Pinot Noir in the other hand, and no one knew us. They didn't know anything about us, so we really, you know, it was fun to, to begin at the beginning of something like that, sure. at the very beginning, and watch how it's evolved and grown and flourished. So I, I love our... We have some higher-tiered wines, our Russian River Reserve Pinot Noir and our winemaker's block, uh, which is, they're both beautiful, beautiful, very evocative of the Russian River Valley. But I do like um, the Russian River Pinot Noir. It's the one I started with, and I and I love the Pinot Gris. I think they're a beautiful couple. They're a lovely marriage, those two together. Well said. Well said. So if people want to come and taste... The wines. How can they do that? Well, we hold, as I said, uh, you know, several events out here. But I think the best way is just to go to whatever bottle shop you like or fine wine shop or high-end grocery and see if they have, you know, some of our wine there. And hopefully they do. And the, the action you're hearing right now in the background, we're going through uh, pruning. So we're pruning some of our vineyards. So that's the traffic noise. You hear our truck going by. It's a very busy place here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The birds being the busiest. Yes, they are. They're working hard today. And we are at different events like the Taste of Sonoma, which I just read, I think, is uh, moving from the Green Center to the Jackson, I, I believe, the Jackson uh, Vineyard, Jackson Estate. Mm. So uh, those are great opportunities. And throughout the country, depending on where you live, there are different food and wine events uh, that you can check and see if we're there. And I'm sure that if people are interested, they can always check your website. Absolutely. 
A lot of good information. A on lot there. of good information. And if you have trouble finding the wine, um, go to our barrel room, which is on our website, and punch in your zip code. And normally, a, a, there should be a bottle shop or a wine shop in your in your zip code that will come up with our. And if not, I'm a firm believer in just walking in and saying, "I'd like you to carry this wine. Right, get I it like for it. me. Get it on the <laughs> shelf, would you please? <laughs> Absolutely. Learn more about the women who live in wine country when you purchase one of our lifestyle books at winecountrywomen.com. You love wine, and at Total Wine & More, you can count on getting the service you deserve. Their team of fun and friendly experts are extensively trained and even travel everywhere from California to Europe to meet the producers themselves. Stop by, check out over 8,000 bottles, and see why those who know wine Always drink interesting at Total Wine and More. Well, I think it's a good time to kind of segue now to your personal life. Yes. You live in Healdsburg. I do. Which is a stone throw away from where we are. So I have to ask, how, how did you decide to move to Healdsburg? Well, of course, having grown up here, it was my home always. It was always my other home, our home in Los Angeles. And Dad was all set to retire up here. We were going to go to St. John's Catholic School, which is in Healdsburg. We're all ready to go. Pens and pads and sneakers and all set. And then Dad, of course, got my three sons. And so we had to couch that idea and go back to uh, Los Angeles and and. That changed things dramatically, and of course then Walt Disney came calling, and he made seven films, I believe seven, yeah, with with Walt. So that changed the dynamic of the, the family living arrangement, but when the Gallo family invited me to come and work with them on, you know, marketing and sales and promoting this beautiful wine, Mac McMurray Estate Vineyards, I was on Highway 5. I had my own route. <laughs> I felt like on Highway 5 going back and forth. So um, I decided I've, I, to do this job properly and to really immerse myself in this in the wine industry and the winemaking and watching everything that they were doing out here at the ranch. I've, I decided to move back up here, and I, I haven't regretted it for a moment. This is my home, and it, it's always been my home quietly, even when I was in L.A., but I just love Sonoma County so much. It's one of my favorite places. I always loved coming home after a trip. Sometimes, you know, in your head you think, I'm, if I could just nicely kneel down and kiss the ground of Sonoma County, I would, but I'd probably get carted away. So <laughs> I, but I, in my mind and in my heart, I do every time I come back here. Well, it's a special place, it that's is for sure. very much indeed. You could have lived in Santa Rosa, you could have lived in Sebastopol, right, right, um, or Gurneyville, yes, right. But you chose Healdsburg. Now, Healdsburg is a charming, adorable little town, and it was different naturally when mm -hmm. I was growing up because the wine industry wasn't as um, prominent as it is today, naturally. So it was a, a smaller, more country f town in, in a way. It still is, but it, it's more sophisticated, a little more chic, I think, than it was when I was growing up. So you chose it because it was familiar. Yes, familiar, and um, it was the church where I grew up, St. John's Catholic Church. I went to a lot of the local markets here and um, wandered the streets, and we had wonderful restaurants that we liked to um, go to. So it, it was so familiar, and... Um, 
And we'd go into town for the newspaper, you know, on Sundays to get the newspaper. There so, really wasn't another choice because that's that was home. Yeah, and but it's very close to the ranch, and it made everything a lot easier. So, okay. Yeah. So yeah. if we took a step inside your home, yes, what would we see? Books. <laughs> <laughs> books and books and books. I, I I don't have enough walls for the oh, books. Oh, no. Yeah. Well, what else would we see? What's your color scheme? What's your kind of decor? Well, it's very, um, it's a cabin. So it's, uh, it's my dad built it in, in 1941. So it has a lot of his personal touches. And the flooring is this flooring that oh, we it. ultimately made the tables out of here where we're seated. And it, a lot of an, a Native American influences as well. Uh, I've always loved the Native American culture and uh, their artistry and their contributions to everything that we do today. So, as, And there are personal things that belong to my parents, too, that are there that have a lot of meaning for me. Some of my father's watercolors, which I love. I have one painting in my little teeny office of uh, the schoolhouse from the birds in Bodega Bay. Oh, wow. Which is, uh, he'd gone out there to paint for a little bit. And so I have, uh, and I have one painting of his that's very lonesome. It's, it looks like a, a small town that nobody sees anymore. Just the train tracks go through it and maybe a, a train or two. And it reminds me, I think, of his wanderlust, his childhood, because his father was a concert violinist on the Orpheum Theater circuit, and he and his mother, my grandmother, traveled all over living in boarding houses and hotels. So it reminds me of that aspect of his childhood, too. How wonderful to have pieces of art. Mm-hmm. I think his. so, yeah, yeah. Because there is great meaning behind them. A lot, a lot. And, of course, when he was... Many of the the watercolors that he painted, I I hadn't been born yet, and so I I never thought to ask him about them. He just was always puttering around in his little artist studio and painting and sketching. He did teach me though when I was in I took a little art class in school when I was in grammar school about perspective, how to draw a railroad track and how to draw a telephone poles. He said that teaches you perspective. <laughs> <laughs> it teaches you perspective in other ways too. Right, so. that's true. Are you an artist no, as well? Gosh, no, gosh, I can't draw the right hand of a Christmas tree. <laughs> I'm terrible. But that's why maybe I appreciate other people's Those efforts. Arts. Yes, absolutely. Okay. Do you have a hidden talent that people might be surprised to learn about you? Do you speak an a language oh, I wish or I collect did. something other than books other than books or have I collect storytelling bracelets oh that's I interesting I call them storytelling bracelets what is a storytelling bracelet well, several on right now um one is with horses and uh another one is with um uh, these are artists that I like from Native American culture and the dragonfly mm-hmm. and then a friend of mine Tony just gave me this beautiful bracelet here he was on the Hopi reservation not so long ago storytelling bracelet I call them that because of I like pictures that are on um, uh, jewelry they tell a story of some kind and having grown up with storytellers here at the ranch we never had um, a television so we sat around telling stories all the time and uh, so in growing up in film, which are stories and pictures, um, I, I find storytelling fascinating in all aspects, whether it's in jewelry or nature or songs or painting. Wine tells a story. 
That's our true. wine tells a story. Our wine from McMurray State Vineyards tells the history of this place and its future. It's all in the bottle. It's incredible. So that's a good segue to say we're in wine country. Yes, we are indeed. When you're at home, what do you like to drink? Well, I love uh, our wines naturally. I'm, I feel very comfortable drinking our wines. I know what I what I'm going to get. You know that there's something about familiarity on that sure. on that front. But I do like Jay. I like Jay naturally. The cuvee. I like a little um, prosecco. Prosecco is nice. Um, I like Zinfandel and Sangioveses. Every now and then a scotch is good. <laughs> I was going to ask you, are you a wine girl or yeah. do you deviate? Every <laughs> now and again I deviate, and I love a good margarita. Oh, there Can't you beat go. those. Uh, so, and I love all of the flavors that those particular wines bring out in food. They're, they're, um, each wine has its own partnership with food, I think. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Mm-hmm. For sure. If someone said to you that they wanted to get into the wine business, what would you say to them? Well, you have to like it. You have to like wine. And not just from a a drinking perspective, because we all love wines, you know, naturally. But I think you have to love that world and that culture and want to be 100% immersed in it in order to to really enjoy the work that you do and to succeed in it, I think you really have to understand it. So I suggest doing an internship, possibly with a winery, working at a tasting room or a bottle shop or someplace that will expose you to all the different varietals and all the possibilities. Keep your horizons um, wide open. Don't limit yourself. I sometimes wonder if people have misconceptions of what living in wine country It's very entails. romanticized, as all things are. The movie business is romanticized. It's hard, hard work. hard work, long hours. And I can say the same thing about the wine industry. Long, hard hours, no matter if you're on the sales end, the distribution end, if you're on the winemaking end, the actual working in the vineyards, it it requires 100% of your focus and effort. And I think if you're going to be happy, you have to be in love with the work you're doing. Whatever it is. Whatever it happens to be. Right. Yeah. I want you to just briefly describe the house. The house. We haven't really talked about the house. No, the house is... Uh, and we are on this fabulous... Very you special. You called it the... Barbecue porch. porch. It was enclosed when I was growing up here with windows. And now it's open air. It's beautiful. You can smell the fresh air. And you feel really like you're living indoors and outdoors simultaneously. And, uh, of course, when we were running cattle here, you have flies. And there is a little different fragrance than what we're smelling right now. (laughs) So that was the reason for uh, the enclosed part of the barbecue porch. And in the wintertime, it was nice to be out here, Mm -hmm. you know, with the fire going. We have a little fireplace here. And then if you were to walk through the, the Dutch doors, my dad had a thing for Dutch doors. Um, he just well, loved... Well, they're great, because you can open the are, top. Yeah, you get fresh air, but keep it the sense of privacy in a way. Not everybody comes hurtling through the doors. But the kitchen is very old-fashioned. Uh, many things that were original to the Porter family, to the McMurrays, are still here at the ranch, and uh, the ranch house, and um, the gallows. The family brought in some wonderful additions to fill out the the 
decor. Uh, seating and the decor. But it's still uh, has same wallpaper from 1941 and fireplaces in all the rooms. How large of a house is it? Well, footage-wise, you know, I really don't know the answer to that. I, it would, Originally, it was two houses that my dad joined together with a oh. hallway. So one story and then a two-story. So this side that we're sitting on uh, is for dining and where the den is. If you, Some people call it a living room here right. at the ranch. We call it the den. And then there's a little breezeway where the hallway was. And then the bedrooms were on the other side, all the children's bedrooms upstairs and mom and dad downstairs. But... And the bathrooms, naturally. But uh, once the Gallo family took it under their wing, they um, because we opened up the barbecue porch, we have a nice dining room on the other side, for enclosed if the weather's inclement, which is great. This would be a good time to ask a favorite memory that you have of being here, growing up here. Oh, gosh, there are a million memories of growing up here. But I guess my favorite memories are when we'd sit down uh, as a family, breakfast, lunch, and dinner out here, and my mom and dad loved, loved to cook and sitting around the table, eating and talking and sharing and listening to all the old stories and enjoying great food, all homemade. We we churned our own uh, butter here. We had dairy cattle, so we had fresh milk from the dairy and huge garden, fresh vegetables, fruit trees of all sorts. And then, of course, our cattle fresh meat. I mean, we... You didn't have to leave. Never. Just to get the paper. (laughs) Right. (laughs) (laughs) Nobody would walk down this long driveway to deliver a paper. So, yeah. So, we... You know, it's so funny you talk about farm to table today, and we grew up farm to table. Literally. I mean, literally. Right from the cow, right out of the garden, right, you know, around the corner, right right into the kitchen. Yeah, those are good memories. Yeah. Yeah, and I have a great appreciation for anyone who loves to cook. I really do. That's my secret dream. I'm trying to, um, I used to love to cook. And then as a single person too, you know, you don't cook quite as much or as frequently, but I, I, I do love it when I get to. Yeah. Okay. Now we'll go to five quick questions. Okay. They're very lighthearted. All right. Ready? <laughs> yes. What kind of car do you drive? I drive an 11-year-old 150 Ford pickup truck. All right. It's got over 200,000 miles on it. Impressive. I love my truck. <laughs> <laughs> Every day I give it a nice little pat on the hood and say, please keep working. <laughs> <laughs> if you saw Kate, you would be surprised yeah. that she drives a truck. <laughs> I find that impressive. <laughs> Last piece of candy you ate? Last night. Chocolate. <laughs> the whole chocolate bar. Any Milk per- chocolate. Any particular brand? No, no. it was organic. I, I, and I was in a hurry. I was running to a, a, a class, and I grabbed it and ate the whole thing by myself. And but boy, it was, was it good. <laughs> <laughs> uh, favorite designer brand? Ralph Lauren. Yeah, I love him. His clothes fit me well. I've got these long arms, you know. I think it was from all the years of swimming. But I have a Ralph Lauren on now that's 20-plus years old that my mom that's gave classic. me. classic. I love this jacket. I'm going to make a pillow out of it when, I, when it finally when it gives retires. up the ghost. Yeah. <laughs> It'll be a beautiful pillow. Yes, it, it will. One of your favorite all-time movies. Does it have to be one of my dad's? or No, Because no, I love all of his films yes, and my mother, too. Right. So we'll put those yes, aside. aside. It's a wonderful uh, Western called The Stalking Moon with Eva Marie Saint, 
Gregory Peck, and a nice actor named Robert Forrester. Yeah. Love that film. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Really I'm going to have to check that out. Yes, you are. And last question. What song do you like to dance to? What's one of your favorite songs to dance to? Don't Stop Believing. There you have it. Mm-hmm. Kate, so much fun to be with you Michelle, today. you're the best. Thank no, you. No, you're the best. Well, and <laughs> Michelle is doing such a great effort on this book, I have to say, to all of you who are listening, her her efforts are amazing. Well, you're too kind. And yes, the Sonoma County book is a wonderful display of spectacular women like yeah. yourself. So Thank you. You too. It's been a lot of fun. Right back at you. Visit winecountrywomen.com to join our exclusive list so you can be the first to learn about upcoming offers and events. Grab a glass and join us next week for a new edition of Wine Country Women.